This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. Yeah, I guess you you know that we are trying this for ages now. I guess we. I, I guess we already wanted to do this before the pandemic started. I'm not quite sure because I can, I can remember that I started my, my podcast maybe six months prior to the pandemic and uh, we were always, always talking about it. And you, in the beginning, you didn't like it. You, uh, I, I know you're a person like, who doesn't like to talk about yourself for whatever reason. Exactly. So it's not uh, we always wanted. To, uh, it's not that we wanted to <laughs> okay. do it for ages. <laughs> to to bring, be more precisely, I wanted to do this for ages, and exactly. uh, a, a couple of months ago, you you agreed, and um, I'm I'm really happy that this is no remote interview, but that we can finally do it at your place here in beautiful Freist, yeah, quite close to the Baltic Sea. Um, for for you listeners, it's it's a really blue sky, no clouds and um, comfortable, I don't know, 22, 20, 23 degrees. So we're sitting outside and enjoying the weather here, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know it, but uh, just to make it uh, very clear, um, I really love the way you think and I know you're you're known for your um, power query knowledge in the in the community in the forums, but I don't know if many people have seen you working out those solutions. So what I admire at, about the way you work is not only your knowledge about the M language, but the knowledge, or better, the the creativity that you use to put all those things together. Um, Maybe I go one step back and explain it more deeply. When I played Lego, my, my boys love to play Lego. And when I played Lego as a kid, I only uh, followed the manual and build up what this box of Lego was meant for initially. But of mm. course, you can use all those bricks to build whatever you want. And there are many people out there who know the, the M language and know all those different functions. And I would consider myself as one of those. But when I see you putting all those functions together, creating a solution, I see a type of creativity that I rarely see, uh, at least with the people I know. Um, do you know that this is special, what you're doing? And have you been so creative even before you knew M to find solutions? Mm. I think yes, honestly. I think that's the way I always approached my always approached my work. Um because yeah, I I like to I like to find solutions for problems and I also like my independency. So um and when I started my career there hasn't been internet and things like that where, where you can uh, quickly search for solutions and I am fairly um, impatient as well 
So uh, <laughs> at the beginning I of agree, my career, <laughs> so at the beginning of my career, um, I had to when I had to find solutions, I really had to create them. So I couldn't wait for uh, a course to take or a book to read. I had to find a way. So um, and this is something that I I'm fairly good at, and I'm not afraid to improvise or um, to do things that other that neither has that are unusual or other people haven't done before so it just occurred naturally to me to try things out and of course often they don't work but with uh, a little bit of persistence and effort um, finally one gets to find solutions for that um, yeah, I, I guess out of the box thinking is is what makes you special. You, you're thinking out of the box all the time. And when I remember our first trip to um, the MVP summit, I, I think it was the first trip in 2018. I remember I was pretty tired. I was um, I became a father. Um, it must have been 2019. I became a father um, the year before. I was really tired, uh, not making excuses. Uh, but I remember you sitting in front of the screen of your laptop and, and trying to solve uh, a, a certain problem or a couple of those. And you simply didn't make a pause. It was just trying to solve this. And I thought, how can she do this? We had uh, um, uh, jet lag on our way back. Mm. and uh, But it, it didn't seem to, to um, yeah, lower your energy anyhow. Yeah. It was Im impressive. Yeah, yeah. Not afraid of the rabbit holes, but um, of course, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time sometimes to do these things. Of course, but I'm yeah, at at the end, I'm some. That's all, often something that I really enjoy to finally. And um, you're doing this like I do as a as a freelancer, and so you're you're self-employed with without any bosses except your customers, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, but when I learned you a bit more or learned more about you as a person, I understood money is not your motivation. So mm -hmm. money is important. We all need to pay our bills. Um, Uh, Imke's husband's name is Bill, so this is uh, some <laughs> kind of joke. No, it wasn't meant like this. Uh, we, we all have to pay our bills, but money is not your primary goal when doing this. What's your motivation to be good at what you do and uh, doing this as a freelancer? So, yes, my freedom is very important to me and um, that's something that I highly value to be independent and be take my own decisions and also to help other people and find good solutions to to problems and also um, the automation part of it so early on I just had these or heard about these ideas that you only should touch tasks once that's that's one thing and also to basically automate the boring tasks so um and and you get bored quite easily right that's true <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think our our attention and the way we um, use our heads shouldn't be used to yeah to boring tasks. So we should um, occupy ourselves with interesting things, and um, so yeah, repetitive stuff and so on is something that can be nice sometimes uh, for relaxing purposes but when it comes to work I think that I saw the potential early on to automate things at work and make things easier and faster so when I started working in, in the offices and so on it was so apparent to me that there is so much potential for Yeah, working easier uh, and automation. And that is something that has been basically following my whole career at the end. And of course, um, um, this is something that not, when you work in companies, this is something that not everyone likes. No, for sure. And um, so... It wasn't always easy to uh, to push these initiatives forward uh, when working in a company environment. And this was also one motivator for me to become self-employed mm -hmm. and focus uh, what I want to deliver to my clients um, towards this aspect as well. And so, yeah, that's is basically what I've done during my freelance career to make it very clear to my clients what I'm aiming to do for them in terms of automation, basically. Yeah. And um, it has been so far, um, I'm lucky that it has been worked very well. Um, so I know that Many people say, well, Power BI is about nice reports and so on. But honestly, for me, is it's mostly about automation. Um, I can I can kind of relate to that because uh, when, when I started my Power BI journey, and even before that, when I was a VBA developer for Excel and Access, um, I, I met two kinds of, of people, those who like their repetitive work. Mm because they could relax and it was the same every day or at least every week or so. And those like you and I was the same type who saw um, a task occur a second or a third time and then I started investing much more time to uh, not having to do it manually again so that maybe you, you this task costs you 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a week. And you invest two or three hours or four hours in in an automation solution with Power BI or VBA or whatsoever. Um, a couple of months later, this investment is already now. I'm missing English words, but you you know what I'm talking about. Pa paying back. Yeah, yeah. paying back. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what I always liked. But people get scared by it. I had bosses who didn't like me to do it because. I were the only person who could adjust this and maintain it. Mm. And instead of 
making more people able to do the same things, they stopped me doing this. Mm. And this, this frustrated me so much that I changed the employer and later on did the same thing as you did. Um, started my, my freelancing. Oh, now we get some noise from somewhere, but I hope uh, it won't affect the recording too much. Let's call it ambient noise. <laughs> yeah, so that's, of course, one big motivation, has, has been one big motivation for me. Yeah. And um, we, a couple of days ago for, for the listeners, I'm here the, the second day. Um, I'm, I'm going to be here the whole week because we're, we're working on a project here. And um, a couple of days ago, we, we had a talk by, by phone and uh, we talked about women in tech. Mm. And I'm, I'm convinced this can be a, a very deep topic. I'm not too much into this, uh, but I ask the honest question, why is women in tech a thing at all? Uh, not that I don't want to have women in tech, don't get me wrong here, mm. but why is it so hard for women to be in tech? And why, like women, maybe yourself, to be in a more a closed environment with women only to talk about these topics without male uh, um, wow now it's going to be really <laughs> loud here Any, anyway um, why are women some women at least afraid talking about these topics when male uh, colleagues are in, in the same room is it, is it really like you're scared of getting their opinion or their reaction aren't do, don't they react nicely because i had female colleagues my, my wife is in it she studied uh, it uh, i had female bosses and i never had a problem with it so i always respect their work they there are so many women who know much better to do the stuff i do you're the best example yourself um why is this a problem I wouldn't call it a problem. I, I cannot speak uh, or I don't want to speak for other women in this case, but uh, my idea to uh, my, re my reason because I'm thinking about creating a room for women in tech is to uh, make it easier for them to ask questions and um, or ask so-called stu stupid questions because I think that in general it is um, not so easy for people, uh, men and women, to ask questions. Maybe it's even <laughs> more difficult for men to ask questions than women. But um, I think that... Um, women are less afraid to ask questions if they are uh, when they, they are under each other only with women instead of uh, being a man being around because at least to my experience and that doesn't mean only tech that only also means management um, that we don't have a an asking culture so to speak so It's about, mostly it's about um, producing great ideas and coming up with great stuff and solutions and so on. Um, but um, what I would like to create is a room where uh, we can lift each other up and where 
um, women can yeah ask the stupid and easy question because especially from my experience when it comes to new things uh, it's always the first steps that are so difficult uh, to take mm. and um, if you start to learn something new then um, you often don't know what to ask and so to, you have no idea which questions to ask what you what to, what, google. What to look for what to google whatever and as a woman in tech you have to learn so much new stuff every day every week every month and um, honestly although we are all professionals or many of us are professionals in tech um, it's so much that we don't know and I think it's for me it would be or that's what I believe it's easier to start uh, something like um, a questioning culture with a group of women than than um, with men this is at least something that's worthwhile for me to try <laughs> yeah I, I understand that and because many many women see it the same way um, it's it's still a circumstance uh, I find it's it's a pity mm. because as you said an asking culture where everyone male and female and and diverse can ask whatever they want without anybody in the room laughing about them mm. but um, if this makes the entry to this kind of um, uh, kind of job easier for women um, it's definitely worth trying it mm. and I'm, maybe we can talk about it one year in the future and you can talk about your your success with it let's mm. see um, as you being a woman in tech do you have some advice for women who are gonna try to maybe switch jobs from you're no IT person by nature um, or from from your educational uh, standpoint, but you you learned all this stuff by yourself. So if there is someone from from another direction, from from um, uh, business administration or maybe art, uh, one wanting to shift into this area, is there an, an advice that you could give them, or an advice that you would give yourself ten or fifteen years back? Mm. Honestly, there's nothing that really comes to my mind um, because I'm, I was, I have made so many good experiences. Um, so um, for me, it was very, it was much easier for me to enter IT than to enter management, for example. Okay, so, why? Um, because I was, <laughs> I was older. <laughs> I was more self-confident at the time. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've met tons of very nice men uh, when starting in IT. So it's not, um, I was, I would say I was very lucky. And I'm, for me, the initiative to start a group for women in IT comes from Uh, doesn't come from any bad experience I've made, especially in IT, I must admit. But nonetheless, I think, and I, that's what I want to try, just to start with with um, a group of women, just to try it out, how it feels to be um, um, under women 
um, only. And I hope that some women who uh, don't have the self-confidence that I had when I started it um, see this as a, as a really um, positive experience. So I can... I can understand that men like you, they feel a bit irritated when they hear things and say, well, um, did I do something wrong or why don't they, yeah. why don't they want to play with us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I can fully understand it because, um, there's not, not an inch uh, that I, um, could say about you or other men I met. Uh, many other men I met in IT that is wrong about their behavior. Um, but I know that other women have different experiences and yeah. this is, yeah, and this is my motivation basically for I'm, such a kind of experience. I'm, I'm pretty much looking forward to your experience with this group and you maybe mentoring them mm. in some way. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now we're sitting in this beautiful environment still. It's great temperature. Um, the birds are, are tweeting. And um, why did you decide? You got from Berlin, so our capital in Germany, to this beautiful place here at the Baltic Sea. Uh, when did you arrive here? When did you the move? Um, I think the actual move happened in 2017. So five years back um, but we've been in the area for I, I think about 10 years or even no, longer yeah about good 10 years so um, as you said it's uh, near the Baltic Sea we have a sailing boat that um, sits um, in the village nearby and we just uh, got to know um, the area here And really enjoyed it. And um, so when I decided to become self-employed, um, I really tried to uh, do it more or less remotely. Pre-pandemic. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, times were different then, definitely. I mean, it wasn't unthinkable. But I had to travel much, much more. Mm. And um, I also um, didn't get some um, contracts because I refused to be on site all the time. So what I usually agreed to do was and also find a good thing to be is to make um, kickoff meetings uh, on site to get to know the people and discuss the project and things like yeah. that. And then go back home and from there on work remotely, basically, depending, and then depending on the, on how large a project is, go back a couple of months and have, um, occasional meetings, but basically work from home for them. And that worked for some clients very well. Um, but of course, when COVID came around the corner, then, uh, this question is now gone. So it's, Uh, people see what the benefits they have when um, with remote work and this is not an issue anymore <laughs> past yeah. COVID of course when I, I started being um, a freelancer back in 2018 this has been the same year where my, my twin boys were born so um, 
being on the road was no option for me either when I started. And um, there were not many clients who refused working with me just because I uh, wasn't going to their place and, and working uh, in, in their offices. So I had pretty good experience with this. But as you said, when COVID hit, um, of course, everyone was willing to work remotely. And from my experience, this didn't change up to now. Mm. So they they learned it works quite well. So why not continuing? They they save the traveling costs mm. and um, works pretty good. You were talking about the sailing uh, boat. And mm. uh, I remember that you uh, wanted to, to go together with your husband on a several month sailing trip for, let's say, for all the years I already know you. <laughs> yes. w will that ever happen? No, I don't think so. No, we won't. We won't make it anymore, I think. Yeah. Okay, but you still have the boat and you still... Yeah, we enjoy sailing. Sailing locally. the Baltic Sea. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah. We, are, we are sitting next to a quite big wooden house. And when I, when I was here the last time, and it was before the pandemic, maybe 2019, I'm not sure, but I but I guess mm -hmm. uh, this thing wasn't here. So um, I asked what this thing is for and who built it. And you said your husband. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed. He did it his, uh, himself. And to be honest, I wouldn't enter a building that I build up. <laughs> that would be too too dangerous for <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, this thing is impressive. It's cool. So he does a lot of wooden work. Is it all wood or what? So yeah, that's a wooden building. Yeah, he 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 likes to work. Yeah, he's uh, he's been an accountant and finance director like me before, and he's retired now, and he really enjoys his his new hobbies. <laughs> so he built himself um, a workshop, a wooden workshop, I would say, uh, where he got all his machinery that he had back uh, in his Berlin days. Yeah, he. So he's really, he enjoys his creativity as well. And, and just, just for our listeners, sorry that I interrupt you. When Imke talks about uh, some machineries, the whole building is full of it. And I would say even a professional uh, a house builder or, or a woodcraft engineer, I don't know the word, mm. uh, would be jealous. It's, it's huge. It's amazing. <laughs> so he also built up the, the sailing boat, right? Yes, he, he did a, a complete refit of our sailing boat because it's an old, old sailing boat, a long, old long keeler, and so he did a complete refit of that boat as well, which took him much, much longer than expected. But that's quite usual with sailing boats. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't end. I don't like to enter boats at all. But no, I'm not scared of it. But uh, I, I prefer staying on. Uh, on the shore, but I wouldn't enter a boat that I build either because I would sink quite quite quickly. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. Even because he has no educational background, it's the same thing. He learned it by himself, mm. as you learned IT. And yeah. I, I guess passion is so much more important than um, a formal education. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you love something you do, you get good at it because you, you deal with it so much and there's no way being bad at something that you love and that you do the whole day. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean it. And there, there are so many really capable, intelligent people like Mike Carlo, for instance. When I um, 
uh, got to know him uh, at the MVP Summit 2018, and we, we we talked, and then I saw all the stuff he produced uh, for the community. I was convinced he had a uh, formal education in IT, mm. and then I learned he's an Excel guy like we are. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so amazing <laughs> what people can achieve just by dealing with a topic all day long and loving it. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty 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 cool. Yeah, so for all of you out there, if you're dealing with this topic, um, f for me, being a non-IT person for a very long time was something that I, I uh, spoke very, uh, not very loudly. Yeah, I, I was ashamed to say, hey, I'm no IT person, but I'm doing this BI stuff. But you can talk to the non-technical people from from controlling and marketing department in their language and you are capable of learning the technical stuff it's possible we did it and um, it's it's worth uh, the effort because it makes a lot of fun it is it is it is yeah and one thing i'm really lo looking forward to when i'm going to retire is to finally um, catch up with my formal IT education. So I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> I don't see you getting retired. Never, ever. Uh, but or oh, let's say when I finally decide not to um, work for money anymore, hmm. um, then I'm really looking forward to uh, learn the stuffs I learn the IT thing properly. So, um, although I think um, I'm, I'm not. I think I need. I mean, we see uh, the solutions we've built and the tools and the tools that Microsoft created are built for folks like us. Um, that's not not a problem. But um, of course, sometimes I feel that or think that. Um, Uh, formal IT education would have helped me in, in many areas and would have made things easier. Um, but on the other hand, if I see how tech, uh, how the technique evolves, I think, well, imagine you had studied, um, IT and something 20 years ago. <laughs> so, um, would anything of that be valid still today? Um, so I still have to figure out what, uh, what the, actually the parts are that are very, fundamental and basic yeah, to I, understand. I, I get your point. Mm. And um, I guess the, the principles that we're trying to uh, uh, use and, and um, build up by using Power BI like uh, the star schema, this is 40 years old mm. and we're still using it. So this is the basic concept that people try to use to, to build up their solutions. And I guess it's the same for a relational database or something, even though the, the technology evolves, the principles are the same usually. Mm. Uh, but I, I wonder, it, it totally makes sense that you think about getting this formal education. But on the other hand, I know you, you're no book kind of person. You're trying to go deep into problems and solve them by try and, and uh, error. Mm. Do you think this is something you, you really would enjoy doing? Yes, I think so, because yeah. um, at least some parts of it, for for example, algorithms, for example. Okay. So um, these are the basically the methods of logical formulas, I would say, how to um, let computers calculate or determine things. And these are basically... Abstract concepts, and 
occasionally when trying to so solve complicated stuff in Power Query, for example, um, I was really thinking about how, um, so I came up with different ways I could think of. And then I would ask myself, well, um, is there anything, um, which solution would be better? Is there any indication or hints of uh, which way would work better for certain tasks? So, and this is, uh, I believe, things that um, algorithms um, um, do or can provide. So being hmm. just to see what different kinds of solutions folks have for, uh, thought of for certain problems to be solved with computers is definitely something I would would understand. When when I worked with Power Pivot and Power Query and Excel back in 2014, I think. Um, I noticed this is new stuff. This is totally different from Excel and, and VBA and all the things I worked with to dealing with data. And I was thinking about reducing my, my contract to 50% with my employer back then and to um, study, study IT. Mm. I talked to my wife and she said, oh, maybe it's a good idea, maybe not. We discussed certain things. And then I noticed, does this bring me any closer to what I really want to do, BI? And I didn't find a BI um, track that I could could study. It was just a formal IT with all that belongs to this whole topic. So I decided against um, going to the university again mm. and and yeah, buying basically the books of Rob Colley and Marco and Alberto back then <laughs> yeah. and and learning all this stuff. I, I'm not sure um, a basic. Education in IT is certainly a good good thing, especially when I see people like Greg Baldini or, or people like this yeah. uh, uh, arguing about certain things, and I don't even understand what they're talking about. This yeah. is always so <laughs> crazy. But mm. uh, yeah, we, we we will see. But your retirement has still some years, I think. Yeah, take take your time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Mm. Or something I would also um, have a deeper understanding of is how the internet works, for example. So I see my, often see myself um, digging into APIs, connecting to APIs, for example, either with Power Query or Power Automate, and then you you read the documentations from the APIs themselves. And sometimes when you troubleshoot things and Google stuff. Um, There's also quite a lot of language that I don't understand when reading it. So this is also an area where I think, well, it would be nice if you <laughs> would understand a bit more about it. Um, But especially when you think about retirement, so you don't need to earn your money with it anymore. Have you ever thought about completely changing what you do? Drawing pictures? Um, by the way, can, can you draw? Are you creative in, in art sense, music or, or drawing? I have an interest in it, but I, my technique is very bad. And also I, I did many creative things when I have been working in the office, for example. You I'm, painted pictures. No, but <laughs> I, no, I was an enthusiastic gardener, cook. I made many handcrafts. So, um, basically sewing and knitting and, 
um, crafting with my little nieces or um, grandchildren. So this is something I, I really enjoy, um, crafting. But um, nowadays, um, my creativity, uh, so this is something I have done, honestly, and um, I did my share of it, so to speak. And um, now I just like to play with computers. <laughs> <laughs> Knitting and painting and drawing with computers. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no, for me, it's, I see, I have so many plans and so many things that I would like to create. Um, my list is so long. Um, so there's so much to do that I would really, so many fun projects for me to do yeah. in that space. Uh, that, yeah. But you definitely need to work on a laptop so you can take it to the beach and enjoy the environment that you're living in. Sometimes I think you only see your house from inside. No, but uh, I really love nature, and I'm um, I'm often I'm out into nature often. Yeah. So I'm out, I'm out here. That's why we I really uh, like to move move to the Baltic because um, when I go outside, usually after lunch, I'm out for an hour or so with my dog. Rosie, Rosie, and. I have. I can either enjoy the beach with her, or go to the dike, or go into the woods. Everything is within five minutes walking distance. Yeah, and, and it's really so, beautiful here. So it's really convenient. So every uh, my walks walks after lunch there, so it can be so different, and I don't have to drive somewhere. I just have it on my doorstep, and this is something I really enjoy. Yeah, this is a place where people usually go on vacation and you're living here, which is, yeah, admirable. Yeah. And and um, so our, our garden here, we have a big plot of land here and our garden looks really wild and people who know me from before and knew how my garden looked like um, near Berlin. So we, we lived, um, also had our house with a big plot of land near Berlin and I really had a... Um, a really well-maintained garden with lots of flowers and and um, shrubs and really not I mean it's it was very nature how to call it nature-like but it was a lot of work um, probably because it was um, uh, big um, how is it called Peter big plots of yeah things with flowers and so on um, but now here it's completely wild and people don't understand how I can stand it um, everything to be so wild and so on and uh, ah yeah flower beds yeah and now I don't have flower beds in here so in my garden here Uh, we keep it that wild. So this is a really wild um, orchard with uh, many, basically, things to eat, <laughs> many fruit trees and shrubs and so on. But we don't have flower beds or things to maintain. So, and this is something I really like. So I want to have a place where the birds and insects and everything feels happy and also uh, not having doesn't that doesn't um, uh, force me to spend too much time um, maintaining 
maintaining the garden because, of course, when the weather is nice in the summer, we want to go sailing, of course, and not um, having to maintain all the all the garden. So yeah, it's quite a quite a different <laughs> quite a difference from where we've lived before. But yeah, I really and I, enjoy it. And I guess everyone who's listening to us can hear that the birds are happy. <laughs> They're tweeting all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. When. When I pick up your MP3 player or your Spotify account, what what's your favorite song right now? My favorite song. Or your favorite band, or what what are you listening to usually? Um, I I listen to a lot of jazz music, certain types of jazz music, and electronic music. So when I'm working, I often listen to downbeat electronic music. In the summer, I love some good, um, yeah, reggae music. I don't know. Um, one of my favorite bands for summer, for example, is Fat Freddy's Drop. <laughs> Never heard about that. <laughs> they come from New Zealand, mm -hmm. and they really make such great music. Yeah. You have summer and winter music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm. Nice. I, I need to listen to them afterwards, after we recorded this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely an enjoyable place. I, I guess everyone noticed this already, uh, who's listening. And um, I think we, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah. With uh, with our show here, I'm I'm happy that we could uh, share some non-technical topics as well and. Um, even I learned something new about you, which which is always great when when talking to people. And um, I'd say we we stop now and go down to the sea and enjoy the weather. And afterwards, following our project. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks, Lars. Bye. It was nice talking. Bye.